Hello and welcome to Beyond Radio Podcasts. This is an episode in our series The Veteran's Story, produced in conjunction with Morecambe Football Club Community Sports and the First Light Trust. In this series, local veterans recount their experiences of serving in the armed forces and life since leaving. The views expressed here are of the individual contributor. This is The Veteran's Story. This is the Veteran Story podcast where we speak to people from the armed forces about their stories and I'm here today at Morecambe Football Club with a gentleman who's going to be talking about an event that's coming up soon. Uh, I'd just like to introduce yourself first of all. I'm Dr Graham Blick, I'm Vice Chair of the Royal British Legion Morecambe and Hesham branch and I'm organising an event which will come off the back of the Armed Forces Weekend on Sunday the 25th of June commencing at 6.30pm and the venue is the Walker Football Club and we'd like as many people as possible to attend. All are welcome. Okay, so what kind of things will be happening on the on the day? It looks like a really I've had a look at the menu, it looks very tasty. <laughs> We're staging a traditional dining in night, which you would normally find held in the sergeant's mess, the warrant officer's mess, and the officer's mess. And it's basically an opportunity for serving soldiers to bring their spouses along. For an evening of, of fine wine and dining, tradition, and sharing of various exploits and the history of certain events that took place during different wars which pertain to local people in particular. And in this particular instance, we're talking about Her Majesty, or His Majesty's ship, Morecambe Bay, which served in the Korean War, because the theme for this year's Dining at Night is the 70th anniversary of the Korean War and as most people probably know uh, the two Koreas are still in frozen conflict they've never signed an armistice or an agreement but the main powers who are involved China, Russia, United States, Britain uh, and some of the Commonwealth countries all signed an armistice which allowed them to withdraw from that conflict in 1953. We have Commander Mark Lister MBE who is the guest speaker and also Emeritus Professor uh, Martin Alexander, who will both be talking about uh, the Korean War and Commander List in particular about the role that HMS Morecambe uh, played during the Korean War. And you've got uh, an auction of military and a, a raffle as well, which I believe the proceeds go into a very good cause. Yes, the proceeds are going to go to what we call the Veterans Armed Forces Veterans Community Fund, which allows us to uh, support local veterans uh, in various endeavours and also events uh, such as uh, hiring a bus to take veterans to the Arboretum who've never been there. The funds we raise during Poppy Week and other RBL activities don't allow us access to those funds because they go to a central fund in London and then are dispersed according to need around the country. This allows us to actually look after some of our local veterans and in the current situation in the the current political climate, times are tough and so we need to help as much as possible. So how can people get tickets to attend the the dining in night? They can go onto a website if they look at the email address which is morecambe.rbl at gmail.com, open that up and that'll take them to where they need to go and they'll be able to access uh, 
posters and menus and be able to buy tickets online as well. If they don't have access, they can contact me via the, the Legion and the, the Secretary of the Royal British Legion is Malcolm Brown and they can contact him direct on the actual uh, Legion website or through their local branches or through friends or family. We're trying to cater for as many people as we can and that's probably about all we can do at this stage, I'm afraid. Yeah. So how many members have you got in the, the British Legion in the local branch? 103. Wow. Right. Okay. Looking for more, I, I guess, as well. Yeah. People are always welcome to join. Yes, but, but even those who haven't served are eligible to join because we need people to help and support us, and they do. For example, our poppy organiser has never served, but he runs at the poppy, the poppy Week through Morecambe and Hesham for us. Steve Trainer. Yes, Steve Trainer. Yes. Who was recently over in uh, yes. in Ypres. Amazing That's thing right. happened to him. That's right. Yeah, yes. and he got to lay a wreath at the uh, the Men and Gate. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. So how about yourself, Graham? When did your career in the armed forces begin, and where? Uh, well, I'm an, I'm a former national serviceman, and I was called up on the 17th of November 1965, but I was deferred for a couple of years, and then ended ended up serving in 1968, and I served from 68. On a, until 1980 with various uh, units I think probably there were seven of them uh, normal infantry unit, units commando units I was attached to and also eventually ended up in psychological operations because I believe that, that one of the issues that we fail to consider appropriately during most of our wars has been the, the political the economical and the um, community side of, of uh, life in those areas affected by conflict. And we need to get to the hearts and, hearts and minds of people so that we can actually equip and enable them to continue their lives in difficult situations, but more importantly, to come out of those conflict situations and continue to, uh, to prosper and to fulfill their aspirations thereafter. So that was you were telling me before. That was in Australia. Is no, that right? Is that, I, I, oh, oh, no. are you from? Are you from Australia originally? I'm, I'm an Australian citizen. What's up? It's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fought in Rhodesia, so I served the Rhodesian army. But I, I was born in India. My father's a Gurkha officer, so my father served in the Grenadier Guards in World War Two in, uh, in the British Army. Was a veteran of Dunkirk, and then was deployed to India. Served in Afghanistan, 1941, in 42 to 45, fought the Japanese. 45 to 48 was kept back in India as part of the security during partition to try and maintain uh, an equilibrium so that the various political parties could come to an arrangement and agreement and an outcome for independence, which they did in 1947. Uh, and then from there we travelled around the globe and I, I ended up in Rhodesia and um, I served in the Rhodesian army uh, and I had the, the privilege and honour, which some may not agree with, of serving with the Prime Minister Ian Smith. In 1976 to 78, in a civil defence capacity, uh, which also included the military side of it as well, um, and it was quite a, an awesome experience, and one thing that I'll, one I'll never forget. Then, of course, life takes you where you go, and I, my family moved back to Australia, and um, then, having had children and worked around Australia in various capacities. Uh, when your children grow up, you tend to follow them. And two of mine came to live here in England and have ended up in the north here. So I've got two daughters who have got um, spouses and one has a spouse and, and children. The other is a, a professional vet. 
And so I come and go with my wife, um, and we come and spend 12 months to 24 months at a time. I've done that for the last seven or eight years, coming and going. Um, and we try to get involved as much as we can in, in the local community. So, I mean, going back to the, so the, you, you just served at the time, they said the Rhodesian War, so this was just before independence and it becoming Zimbabwe, around, around about that time. I, I served from 1968 to 1980. And they, 80 was the year, that was the year it happened. Yes. Yeah. yeah, right. Yes. Right, that, that must have been an incredible time. It was. And one of the enduring images I have during elections quite close to where Victoria Falls is, near the Zambezi Valley and the Zambezi River, was the British Bobbies in their full Bobbies uniform in the hot heat of probably 40 degrees, standing outside polling booths trying to make sure that there was law and order maintained and, and they, all they could do was drink water for blokes and piss fire and sweat in the most uncomfortable uniforms and most uncomfortable circumstances that they had to face. Probably an experience they would never forget either. And we didn't forget it either. Watching them either was terrible. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, uh, uh. So you're a doctor. What are you a doctor of? I'm a doctor of business administration. So if you're not an MBA, um, I, did a doctor of business, I did a doctor of business administration degree and my, <coughs> I majored in well, my thesis was information technology and change management. Um, and so I lecture in universities in Australia and I've lectured here in the UK as well. I consult mainly having worked around the globe. I've worked and lived in four continents, worked for companies like Union Carbide, Goldfields, uh, Alice Wisconsin, lots of multinationals, uh, the military. These, um, looked after the Singapore Air Force in, in, in Perth in Australia. Wow. Uh, the Singapore Air Force did all of their training in Australia, and the concept is one of, um, of, of hire and utilisation. And what they've done is the Australian government and the Singaporean government have negotiated an arrangement where the Pierce Air Base, which is now Royal Australian Air Force Base at Bullsbrook, just outside of Perth, about 45 kilometres outside of Perth, is where the Singaporeans have a base as well. They do all their fly training and what they've done is they've hired airspace. So if you can imagine there's a corridor that comes up from the north of Perth, sweeps around, comes down the coast to the south of Perth, comes back over the CBD, back up the coast, back to where they, where they, the, the, the air base is, and they hire that. They hire all the military installations that, that are built there and the local community benefits enormously, as does the Australian government. And the Singaporean Air Force have lots of space to fly because they've got a problem with Indonesia and Malaysia in terms of airspace. And as a consequence, often there are conflicts because they've steered or veered into Malaysian or Indonesian airspace and vice versa. So it's much safer for them to set up their bases for training in Australia. They have two in Australia, one in, in, in Perth, one at Oakey Creek in Queensland. They had one here at Bournemouth in England at one stage. And of course, they have their, their fighter jets and more sophisticated aircraft based in France, which is where they train as well, and the United States of America too. So an interesting concept, which most uh, people wouldn't be aware of, but pays handsome dividends for the Australian government. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I mean, an Australian citizen, and you, you've been, been in Rhodesia, been in India, been in Singapore. I Maybe guess my well. question is, is uh, how did you end up in Morecambe? <laughs> well, followed, we, followed our two, we followed two of our daughters. Right. <laughs> So two of your daughters came over here? Uh, one of them is married to a, a physician who's a histopathologist at the Langston Infirmary. Uh, she's a, a 
published Australian author at the age of 19. Right. Still writing books now. Um, and the other one is a vet and uh, runs a, a consultancy, online consultancy for uh, veterinary practices throughout the UK. And it's, rather, it's, it's a concept similar to a triage system where she's the first point of contact, looks at the, the uh, animals and uh, the clients online. So it's like interactive video, if you like. Yeah. And then tries to diagnose what the situation is based on the information provided and what the animal looks like. And then prescribes uh, an approach to the client for them to undertake and who to approach and then books them online into the vet of their choice and they go from there. Right. And they save money as a result by doing that. It's much cheaper. And what do you think of Morecambe? It's an interesting place. Um, it's it's beautiful. My grandmother was born in Ambleside. Right. And my great-grandfather was a founder of the Border Regiment. So I have, I have a lot of connections in this part of the world from that side of things, yeah. going back to the Victorian era. So we have those, those connections, but the Walker Bay is beautiful. The Lake District is extraordinary. The Northern people are extraordinary as well. They are very resilient, uh, very unique and independent, and usually pretty straightforward and honest, but different to the people in the South. Uh, what do you think about this this event? I mean, you know, the, the the British Legion are heavily connected with this event. It's been running for a little while now, and uh, seems to be getting more and more popular. A lot of a lot of people here today. Yes, we've had some good turnouts in recent times. It it, 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 it demonstrates the fact that since COVID, in particular, the aftermath of COVID, people have become quite lonely. They need need to be able to mix with people with a similar backgrounds, with similar interests, um, and. Veterans are quite unique in that way, I suppose. They kind of like to share their exploits, their experiences, because lots of them are served in different parts of the world. And they have lots of interesting ideas, experiences to share, and often find it difficult to talk to, the, to people who haven't done that uh, for various reasons, simply because I suppose it's difficult to relate to people that you haven't a similar experience with. Um, and that's, that's how life is, basically, with, with every, every sphere of life, I believe. Um, but the other thing is, a lot of them are ageing. This is a nice, comfortable venue. Uh, it's it's uh, it's free. You can come and have a cup of coffee and a bacon roll. And there are different activities that are being generated through this forum here. And, uh, and it's these kind of activities which flow in, flow into this event, but flow out with the, the, the veterans who are needy in many ways and need to be cared for. And after all, they've served their country, the government of the governments of the day, the various governments of the day, and the people of the nation. Um, and we need to remember that, lest we forget. Absolutely. Well, Graham, thank you very much for chatting to us. It's been really fascinating finding out a little bit about your life. Just to recap, the, the Veterans Dining in Night, Morecambe Football Club and the local choice suite. It's on Sunday, the 25th of June. It starts at 6.30 and it's part of Morecambe's British Armed Forces Weekend. Yes. Graham, thank you very much for chatting to us. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been an honour and a privilege. Thank, thank you. Thank you for listening to The Veteran's Story. You can subscribe to the podcasts and visit the Beyond Radio podcast page at www.beyondradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts to hear further veteran stories as they are released. For information on how the First Light Trust is helping local veterans, visit www.firstlighttrust.co.uk. Beyond Radio